yeah, I'm all about just making zero waste a journey and a process instead of kind of a jarring shift that we're working towards. It's really a, a process that we're working towards together individually and systemically. Welcome neighbors to Hometown Earth, the podcast that brings a down-to-earth approach to all of your sustainability questions. I'm your host, Lena Sanford, here on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Here, we believe that everyone can change the world. Do you believe? I'm a Midwest gal with big dreams to discover what it takes to reduce my impact on this beautiful place we call Hometown Earth. Join me every Tuesday as we navigate what actions we can take, big or small, to make a positive impact in your life and the lives of your neighbors on Hometown Earth. Hello, neighbors. I am so excited to have Moji Egan on the podcast today. Um, Moji is the founder of Blue Daisy Consulting, which offers zero waste and sustainability consulting services to small businesses. Now, she supports her clients in reducing waste by helping them find creative ways to keep trash out of a landfill. Moji is a certified true zero waste advisor, and you can absolutely tell that if you follow along with her, that she enjoys drawing connections between zero waste and the broader spectrum of sustainability. Let me tell you, I scroll Moji's page and I literally just smile from ear to ear because she is just so radiant and so relatable um, when it comes to zero waste and sustainability, which is a daily dose of what we all need in this world. And I think a lot of people feel like zero waste is going to make them miss out or that it's hard, but Moji breaks it down so that whether you're an individual or a business Uh, Zero waste can be really fun and you can feel good about the changes that you're making. In this episode, we chat about Moji's zero waste lifestyle and how zero waste can take you further than just your trash. It also helps you to understand more about how collaborative work is needed at every level from the individual to the business and on up to change what and who we consider to be disposable. So that way we don't have to think about living a zero waste lifestyle. It just becomes the norm. So without further ado, let's hop in and meet Moji. Moji, thank you so much for joining us on Hometown Earth today. I am really glad to invite you into this space. Um, We've started to kind of delve into zero waste and this podcast is about sustainability, which is a huge umbrella, (laughs) Um, you know, circular economy, things like that. Um, and how that's kind of connected with everything else. But I'm really glad to kind of get a different perspective of zero waste from, you know, you're an individual who practices it, as well as somebody who educates people on how to have a sustainable business. So do you mind kind of introducing yourself and telling us a little bit about what a day in the life looks like for you? Yeah. Uh, So thanks for having me, first of all. I'm really excited. Um, So my name's Moji. I live in Seattle, Washington. Um, I am a cat mom. I have two cats. (laughs) I'm an amateur gardener, uh, amateur chef. Um, And yeah, I work in the zero waste space. My goal is to build a zero waste world. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, so uh, whenever you're working, you know, day to day, is that something that you're all day, every day helping businesses? It, it's different every single day. It's 
probably not as exciting as people might think. Some days I'm just sitting at the computer all day, like writing reports, doing research, like boring, like behind the scenes of business stuff. Some days I'm like teaching workshops to like hundreds of people about what zero waste is and how they can implement it. And then some days I'm headfirst in a trash can doing a zero waste audit. So it really like it's different every single day. Yeah. Well, what's a zero waste audit? We'll just go ahead and get into that. Yeah. So it's actually my favorite part of the work that I do because it really just kind of opens people's eyes to what the point of zero waste is. And so a zero waste audit is when you analyze what someone throws away in a day, a week, a month, whatever kind of time period you're able to measure. And so what that looks like is I go to someone's business, I take their trash cans, dump them out on the floor and like sort them into piles, weigh them, take pictures and just understand the whole picture of what kind of waste that they're generating. All right. Well, so to be digging in people's trash, you have to be (laughs) pretty committed to zero waste and helping other people to do that. I can't imagine day one, whenever you started your journey that you thought you would be doing that. Uh, How did you start that journey and how has it kind of changed from day one to now? Yeah. So I definitely like did not imagine that would be my job at any point in time. Um, I found out about the zero waste space, zero waste living in about 2016, 17 um, through, um, I think it was a viral video on BuzzFeed. It was when like mason jar mania is what I like to call it, is when that was happening. Um, And so there was this woman who could fit all of her trash from I think a year or multiple years in a 16 ounce mason jar. And just that visual was so shocking. Like you look at it and you're like, I have never thought about if I could even do that in the first place, what does that mean? How did she do that? Like, it's just kind of, it gets your gears turning. And so that's what happened to me. And so I started kind of exploring zero waste on Instagram. I found a community of people there and just started learning about all of the things that you kind of learn about, like all the swaps, um, figuring out ways to get things plastic free. And I just kind of kept going and going and going. And and just kind of escalated from there. Yeah. Well, so like, how has that benefited your life from starting to be zero waste and kind of what, what, what will people get from that? Maybe similar to you if they start the zero waste lifestyle. Yeah. So I feel like oftentimes people who maybe have never heard about zero waste, think of it as this like niche community who's doing, they're doing things kind of weird and different, but like, it's not for me. And (laughs) what my, What I really want to accomplish with the work that I do is show people how accessible zero waste is, or it can be if you just look at it from a different perspective. Um, And so some of the things that kind of got my brain moving were when I was looking for ways to reduce my food waste. I was living in a city that didn't have composting. That wasn't a thing that was available to us. And so I had to learn how to compost myself. I found um, something called bokashi composting, which is um, like a Japanese, uh, based on a Japanese word that means to fade away. So it's like fading away the food back into the earth. And I thought that was just so beautiful. So I'm like on my little balcony at my little apartment trying to compost and like do all this stuff. And I'm just learning like more about how the world works. I feel like, like how, how these cycles really naturally appear in nature. And it just, it just seems, it's just so interesting to me how we don't think about waste um, very critically as normal people. It's just so easy and convenient. And so you asked about the benefits and I feel like 
going on a zero waste journey and learning about zero waste and actually trying to achieve it as an individual really shifts the way that I consume, the way that I buy things. I don't, I, before zero waste, I would just go to Target and just shop <laughs> and yeah. just be that person who would end up with like $100 of stuff in their cart and not know how it happened. And that was just yeah. every other week, very normal. Um, but zero waste has really shifted that for me. Yeah, I feel like it's a mindset shift and it's like um, people think that they can't do it, but it's like, oh, when you start to see in your wallet even like how much money you're saving from mm-hmm. not just constantly consuming, then that's also a benefit that a lot of people, I know I've personally been like, wow, I really was just throwing, throwing like it literally seems like I was just putting it down the disposal, like money. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it was crazy. So I feel like, a, you know, what work you do with Blue Daisy um, is try to bridge that between the person focus. So, you know, you started your journey. We kind of all start like an individual journey. Tell mm-hmm. us a little bit about kind of how that you made that bridge from the individual side of things to the business side of things. Yeah. So like I was saying, I, I feel like often people get overwhelmed with zero waste, like you were saying, like, you think about, oh, I have to make absolutely no trash and it's all on me. And what that does is put all this guilt and shame on individuals where it doesn't belong. And so people get frustrated with themselves that they can't have no trash overnight. And it's just like, it's stress for no reason. And so what I was noticing as I was going along my personal journey is that the the small business restaurant that I like to go to gives me plastic cutlery. And can we change that? And Mm -hmm. I get a straw with this thing, but I don't need a straw. Can we change that? And so I wanted to kind of take the zero waste habits I was learning and see if I could kind of bring that into my favorite shops that I was trying to shop at and support. And so I got really nosy and started bothering my favorite (laughs) business owners and was like, Hey, like, have you thought about composting? Can you recycle this? Can you change this? And like, some of them are receptive, but I realized that small business owners really don't have the capacity to be thinking about this. Even if they're interested in sustainability, their business comes first. They need to make money. They need to manage their teams. They need to do all of those things. And so thinking about how to properly recycle a bamboo chopstick is not <laughs> like top of their list. And right. so that's kind of where the idea of my business came from. Like juggling so many hats as a small business is just mm-hmm. kind of overwhelming in general. So essentially, what do you offer people to help to make that less overwhelming? Um, so that way they're not thinking, well, crap, I have to add to my budget and I've got to add to the list of things I have to get done today. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So What I want to help business do is really create a culture of sustainability and one that's holistic. And so zero waste is just one piece of it, but I use it as a way to kind of show people how interconnected all of the pieces of sustainability are. And so once you start thinking about trash, at least for me, you start noticing how things work and where things go and where things come from. And so I want to teach zero waste that way and help businesses understand that. And so I do that through workshops. You can hire me to teach a workshop. You can hire me to do one-on-one like individual coaching and just get you from point A to point B. How do we recycle this better? How do we reduce this category of waste? And we kind of work on it together. So 
yeah, it's it's mostly educational and helping people just understand how to get from where they are to closer to zero waste. Right. Well, so part of your thing is creative solutions. What's like mm-hmm. one of the most creative or different ways that you've helped somebody in a small business? Yeah, I mean, I think that creativity is very it's a very broad, flexible term. Yeah. And so um sometimes creativity is the most simple solution. It's the yeah. most in your face one. And so the one that's popping up in my head right now is I was working with um, a small retail shop here in Seattle and we were working on, we had done their waste audit and we noticed a lot of packaging waste, like things that mm-hmm. come from being shipped to and shipping out things like plastic wrap, bubble wrap, all that kind of stuff. And we were talking about that. And then they mentioned, we actually, we're, we're thinking about um, the future of our business and we want to create some more products in-house that we can control the whole supply chain and we're thinking about making this like body scrub. And I'm thinking that maybe we could use the coffee grounds from the coffee shop next door. And I was like, that's it. Like, yes. you don't like just thinking in that kind of way gets people to think about the obvious solution that's right, right. in front of them. So that's kind of what I mean by creative solutions. Yeah, because I feel like that that's something that people most likely wouldn't have thought of unless they were talking to you and like had somebody to bounce that idea off of. Exactly. Yeah, it's just that creative process. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, really, like, can you explain a little bit about why it's important that businesses are the ones that are kind of taking the brunt of this and not so much the individual's? Absolutely. So I think it's more, it's a collaborative effort. So it's not just individuals, not just businesses, not just policy and local governments, but it's all of those things working together. Mm-hmm. Um, because b- individuals alone can't accomplish zero waste. I still, in my day-to-day, make trash. It just happens. Like The systems aren't set up in a way for that to be easy for us to get to a perfect utopia of zero waste. And so we all need to be figuring out what's our role in creating the waste and what can we do to shift it. So I can change my behaviors and my grocery routine and where I shop as much as I want. But if I go on vacation or if I'm at a friend's house, like I, I can't have control about everything. So how can we build these structures yeah. that we can do it? Yeah. And I feel like that it is kind of at every level we're dealing with different issues. So mm-hmm. it's you really have to do your research at each level. And part of what you just, uh, you know, you're doing individual, you're at the business level, and you're also on the Zero Waste Board of Washington. Is that Mm -hmm. right? Can you tell us a little bit about that organization and kind of why it's important that we're applying pressure at that level? Yeah. So Zero Waste Washington is an incredible organization. (laughs) Um, When they invited me to be on the board, I was just so honored because they are a powerhouse in terms of driving policy to work towards a zero waste world. And one of the most recent major wins is this big plastic spill here in Washington state where they have been working for years. Like this has been a long effort, but they have successfully um, passed a bill in the House and the Senate that will uh, ban styrofoams in pretty much all of its forms, uh, require businesses to have a minimal, minimum recycled content in their plastic. And so recycling plastic will like become a thing that actually must happen. Yeah. And then it will make, um, you know, when you go to like a fast food shop and they give you ketchup packets and forks and spoons, that will only, that will have to be optional. Consumers will have to opt into that. And so you're not getting like 10 (laughs) ketchup packets that you have ketchup at home. You can just opt out of that. And so 
these things may seem very like, oh, that's just so picky. Why are you focusing on these very small, strange things? But in the large scheme of thing, if the entire state of Washington and the whole country stopped using styrofoam, that is so much waste that we are avoiding. And so that's kind of the goal of of that kind of organization. Yeah. So do you feel like that businesses that you're working with are kind of seeing that and um, feeling a little bit overwhelmed? And I almost feel like some of this, like, like people are exposed to so much greenwashing that they really don't know that like something like that is like what we should be working towards. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how are you dealing with essentially like new, you know, new policies that are coming into play since we're an evolving world with these companies, since you're kind of learning of them as, as you go along and helping mm-hmm. companies face greenwashing and maybe pre pre-exposed ideas that they have about what they should be doing. Yeah, I think. I think, I mean, honestly, I see myself as a guide. I'm not all yeah. knowing. I don't know everything. So I'm walking like side by side with all of these business owners trying to figure it out. Um, but I think the key there is just making sure, again, it's a collaboration. It's a partnership. And so when we push for these policies, it's not to punish business owners and make life hard for them. It's to encourage them that this is the direction that we want to go are you with us? Like, let's work on this together. So it's never to punish someone. It's never to force people to get overwhelmed or make life hard, but it's to work together because I think that everyone wants to be more sustainable. I haven't met a single person who's like, no, I love trash and litter and (laughs) pollution. Like no one thinks that, but they don't really know how to play a part in it. So it's kind of working together to get there. Yeah. So kind of the first steps in that almost, I, I saw you'd made a post that said, something to the effect of like, can you name the last thing you threw in the Mm -hmm. trash? And I feel like that's a really powerful first step. And can you explain why that might be a good first step for anybody at any level? Yeah. I mean, well, when I first learned about the zero waste movement, I realized that I had never thought critically or deeply about my trash. (laughs) It's trash. You throw it away. The garbage person picks it up and then takes it somewhere. I don't know. And you don't really think about it. And so once I started thinking about it, I was like, oh, where does this go? Like, where is the landfill in my city or in my region? What happens to my recycling? Where did this come from in the first place? Like, I just started getting more curious. And I feel like that um, culture of curiosity and just noticing things and looking at the world, um, not on the surface, but actually like asking questions is what we need to shift systems. And so we can't address things unless we understand them. And if we don't understand them, like, what are we doing here? So, right. yeah, understanding, like, what is that last thing that you threw in the trash day? Was it, I mean, for me, it was the wrapper of a breakfast bar that I ate this morning. Like, yep. I still make trash. And so <laughs> why did I do that? What, where did that come from? It was the most convenient thing. And how can I shift that if I can? And if not, then we move on and do better next time. Right. Yeah. That's exactly what I was going to ask you next. Like, I feel like people think if they fail, quote unquote, fail Mm -hmm. at like being zero waste, then they're just kind of like, well, it's an impossible goal. So like how, you know, obviously this morning, like you had a breakfast, that's not failing. Mm -hmm. Um, But how do you pick yourself up from essentially that mental block that might be coming up with not being completely zero waste? Yeah. I mean, so I, at the beginning of my zero waste journey, I felt a lot of guilt. Like when I would go to the 
uh, sandwich shop and get a bag of chips with my meal because it came with it. Like I would feel so guilty and I'd be like, oh my gosh, I'm a bad person because I eat chips. And <laughs> it took me a little bit. I mean, it seems silly, but it took me a little bit to kind of snap out of that and be like, I'm not a bad person for eating chips. That just is, it's, if I want that kind of food, that's the kind of packaging it comes in. That is not my fault. And so that's where the systems come in and asking businesses and packaging designers and governments to enforce or encourage shifts in that direction. And so how can we still live happy whole lives where we're having fun and being able to do what we need to do, but just being conscious of what we're, what its impact on the environment is. Right. So kind of, let's try to get into that a little bit as far as like zero waste being sustainable for our mm-hmm. earth, for our people, essentially. Yeah. Um, because it is, you know, there, like you had said, a zero waste mindset. Can you explain mm-hmm. a little bit about what a zero waste mindset is and how you can kind of take that further? Yeah. So that's just kind of a, an idea that I kind of pulled together because I was getting frustrated with people being so stressed about their individual trash. Like I, there are so many like Facebook groups that are like, oh my gosh, what do I do with the rubber band that came on my food? And I'm like, yeah. oh my gosh, we should not be stressing about rubber bands. Like yeah. that's not where the focus should be. And so zero waste of mindset kind of, I'm hoping takes the pressure off of the actual goal of making no trash and more focusing it on a lens at which we look at the world so that we can understand just like our consumption and production habits and approach them in a more intentional way. That's all zero waste really should be is that where is the intention? Can we do this a little bit better? And so I actually created a free class that I'm happy to share in the show notes, but it's called Zero Waste Mindset, where we talk about this and how zero waste, the zero waste movement as a whole can't be just about mason jars and rubber bands and, you know, plastic packaging. It has to be inclusive. It has to be intersectional with all the other pieces of sustainability. And it has to kind of lift us all up together. It shouldn't be this kind of shame-filled, guilty place to be. So that's kind of what I mean by zero-waste mindset. Yeah, I feel like there is so much uh, flack around the zero waste movement because, you know, people see it as like, well, these are just white people who are fitting their trash in, in a yeah. jar. And it's like, that's really not it if you start to dive into like what zero waste really means, because we've mm-hmm. kind of defined it as, you know, like you said, equitably treating people and the environment, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. how we should be and looking at that root of waste. So I know uh, something that might be a little bit off topic is, are you familiar with like the sacrifice zones? No, no, I wouldn't well, hear about it. Well, it's essentially just something that's like, uh, there's geographic areas that are like disposal grounds for, Ooh, yes. for all of like our consumer society. And I feel like that that is a huge connection, even with zero waste, because it's like, you know, you're, whenever we're saying, you know, we're making this trash, the trash person picks it up, it goes somewhere. Mm-hmm. And whenever we're buying something, that pollution, it, it comes from some, you know, like it's coming from somewhere. So um, kind of, do you make that connection with people or even, you know, your friends and family when you're explaining zero waste, like from start to finish and kind of what that looks like? Yeah. So I hadn't heard that term sacrifice zones, but I I hear what you're saying with, yeah, that, that gets in the whole topic of environmental racism and what that looks like. And so I, I feel like that's kind of a, it's not a a new term by any means, but people are kind of still wrapping their heads around what environmental racism actually looks like. 
And so one of those ways, like you just mentioned, is that so if you think about where our trash and recycling go, they go into landfills. But where are those landfills located? It's not in the backyard of your suburb or in the city that you live in. It's out where poor people live, where black and brown people live. And where does the incinerator, is that located? The gases go over black communities. And so these things um, just show not only like when we think, think about zero waste, it's not just what we see as disposable, like the actual physical waste, but who we see as disposable, who is unwanted, who is unusable. And so if we really th keep thinking deeply, keep thinking into that, that zero waste mindset, it's like, wow, why do we think it's okay that we are burning these toxic chemicals in this part of town as opposed to this part of town? And what's the difference here and, and looking at things that way. And so, yeah, absolutely. It gets into the whole topic of racism and what that actually looks like when it comes to the environment. Well, so, I mean, it's hard to kind of say, well, think about this every day, because once mm -hmm. you start digging into like, you know, say you might look at this bag of chips that you have and think, oh my gosh, I'm like ruining someone's life with this bag <laughs> of chips, you know, yeah. how do you kind of integrate that into your daily life without being, you know, burnt out or overwhelmed by what, what it means that we're such a consumer society, essentially. Yeah. So my dream is that we're not thinking about zero waste every day. And what I mean by that is not that I don't think it's important, that should, it should be front of mind, but I think that it should just be built into the systems of the way things are. And so I'll give you an example of just something as simple as the way that I grocery shop. So before zero waste, I would just wildly enough, I would just go to any grocery store and I just walk up and down all of the aisles and just kind of like toss things in my cart. No list, no budget, <laughs> wild, no thinking about packaging. And I hope you I weren't hungry it. while you were doing that. Cause that is I like... was always hungry. <laughs> Cause I was like, well, I'm yeah, I was horrible habits, just like from a budgetary standpoint, but also from a zero waste standpoint. And so I, yeah, never thought about like, could I do this a better way? And so now after kind of doing zero waste for a while, I shopped through a CSA, a community supported agriculture that delivers groceries to me in like a reusable tub. And so there's very minimal packaging. I buy from bulk stores. Like I have these specific systems in place that work for me. Like they, they work for my specific where I live and my, my lifestyle. There's still some waste, but it's just a system that I have. So I'm not thinking about the waste that comes from my groceries because it just doesn't happen anymore because right of the systems that I've built. And so I want that to exist everywhere that yes. we're not having to think about, oh my gosh, like this chip bag, like what do I, do? I just want it to exist in a way that makes it easy for us. So right. yeah, the hope is it, it, the idea of zero waste isn't burdening people every day and kind of weighing us down, but it's just an ease and a way that we can just do things seamlessly. Right. So at a business level, then, you know, what are some common mistakes that you see people making and maybe what even is your biggest tip for people um, whenever they're running their small businesses to try to make that into a system change? I mean, what I I think is the, the biggest mistake that people make is kind of limiting sustainability to either a green team or a sustainability team or one person um, or one day. And what I really want people to understand is that sustainability and zero waste are not just like a one-time event or a one behavior switch. It's a way of being. 
And so if we think about like when I do waste audits, it's not just to look at the packaging and be like, okay, you have packaging, let's recycle this better. It's was it because you rush ordered something and we weren't planning correctly? Was it because mm. um, you someone the supply chain was like faulty was was uh, faulty and we can get things the way that we usually get them? And so it's what is the core issue? Where did this waste actually come from? Was it just this was the easiest thing for me, or was it because we could have planned better and we could have done things differently and changed a system to avoid this waste in the first place? And so really trying to kind of, again, encourage that curiosity and deep thinking and where does this actually come from and not just being trash in front of your face. Right. Well, so I feel like that's almost like your full system, like helping people from top to bottom, even just talking through some of these things. So um, what do you have any other like tips for small business owners or anything essentially you'd want to say to somebody who's starting to be zero waste or more sustainable? Yeah, I mean, I would say start with the noticing and the observing first before we jump into um, sustainable swaps or trading out products. Just first notice, like, what is the waste that we're generating? Like, where does it come from? And kind of get just gather some like anecdotal data. And then right. when you're ready, try out a zero waste audit if you want to dig into your trash. Yeah. They're really fun. Um, so you can try <laughs> that out. And then once you kind of get that anecdotal data of just kind of understanding what's happening, that actual data of where the trash is coming from in like in measurements and pounds and like percentages, then we can start making strategies that work with your business. And so not every single solution will work in every single type of business. There, there are no one size fit all solutions, but what will work for you? What will get you closer to zero waste and kind of create solutions there? Right. Okay. So I'll give you a little example and you can be like, you know, I'm not going to help you, but I'm sure you will. (laughs) So I feel like, you know, we take our trash out maybe one, you know, every couple of weeks and it's pretty much only takeout uh, Mm. and, you know, bags, you know, we buy in bulk, but it still comes in a plastic bag because right now you still can't put it into your own. So what do you, what's an example there where I could say, okay, I know what my trash is. Mm-hmm. How do I move forward with that? Yeah, so I get I think it's understanding that there are always going to be limitations and trade-offs. And so right now, being in the pandemic, if grocery stores think it's safer, you know, to have plastic bags, then that's not something that we want to risk health for plastic waste. Like there's gotta be a balance there. And so I create plastic waste from the exact same places. So I just leave it. And once we're able to go back to restaurants and bring our own container or eat in in house or whatever else would reduce that takeout waste, we'll move to that. But right now, that's not an option really for us safely to do that. Yeah, I think even, you know, you've kind of inspired me like, whenever I'm making a takeout order, I'm like, no plasticware, no silverware. And sometimes we still get it. And so that might be something I could go to like exactly what you did and say, just give them a call and be like, hey, you know, let's talk about this or like, you have a minute to kind of go over those because small businesses, they want your business. Like that's what's so great about small, like shopping small and shopping local is that people want to hear their customers like input. Um, yeah. So I think that is really valuable to be able to go to a small business. So is there anything yeah. else kind of that you want to share with people about sustainability, about zero waste, anything we haven't touched on yet? No, I think we covered it. I think I just want to add to your last point where 
you were like, the small businesses want to hear from us. And absolutely, I think as long as we frame it as a question and like a collaborative thing instead of attacking and blaming, that's where you get the most results is that if you say, I love your product, I, I buy it every month or every whatever, I just want, I wish that it was packaged this way, or if I could get it without this. And then they're like, oh, let me work on that. That's usually how people respond. Right. Um, Cause so, you're yeah, not think- usually the only one that's thinking that way. Like, it's, right. you know, like you're, you might be scared to speak up, but then there's probably other people that are going to really benefit from that as well. So. Right. And then from the business owner's perspective, it may kind of feel either stressful, like, oh my, oh my gosh, I have to change this thing now. But sometimes it's just like, let me work on that. Like, let me figure out a way to do that. It might take a year or a couple years to kind of figure out the best way for it to work. But it's it's working in the behind the scenes in their brains. And that's what you want. It's just like that constant state of improvement. So yeah, I'm all about just making zero waste a journey and a process instead of kind of a jarring shift that we're working towards. It's really a, a process that we're working towards together individually and systemically. Well, so is it, you know, Blue Daisy, is that something that you're hoping to continue to grow larger? Like, what does that look like for you in the future? Like moving forward, do you have any plans in the works? I mean, I'm always figuring that out. I don't have all the (laughs) answers right now, but I am growing my very small team. Um, I'm hiring an an assistant as we speak. Um, So I'm really excited just to kind of be able to scale this up because I've had this business for two and a half years now, and it's just been kind of slowly, slowly growing. And I'm finally at this place where I'm able to bring in more help. And so just keep going in that direction. That's what I'm looking for. <laughs> yeah, I have a strong feeling no matter where you end up, you're still going to be digging in people's trashes. And like, <laughs> yes. you know, you are not too good for that. Like I, I no. get that vibe from you. Like, it's the core of zero waste. You <laughs> yes. have to look at it. <laughs> yes. So can anyone in the, in the country get help from you and how can they connect with you? Absolutely. So you can find me on Instagram, on my personal Instagram, which is where I'm most active, which is at Moji. Or my website, bluedaisy.com, where you can learn more about me and what I do. And yes, I work with people all over the country and even internationally. If you want me to teach a workshop, I'm totally open to that. Um, So yeah, zero waste is just the starting point and I want to kind of encourage people to start the journey there so happy to help yeah and at your um, social media accounts and your website like we'll link the course there uh, but everything is just like you give so many great free resources to people and I really appreciate that myself so I know other people as well so I really appreciate you joining us Moji and um, hopefully people can connect with you and start start their lifestyle uh, new so Love it. Thank you so much. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Hometown Earth as much as I did. Let us know by rating and subscribing so you never miss an episode. New episodes drop every week on Tuesday. Head to the show notes linked in the episode description for more details. And let us know in the comments what you want to hear next. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts. And you can find more about the podcast on Instagram at Hometown Earth or connect with me personally at Lena Saintford. We all know change needs to happen. So let's get started right here at Hometown Earth. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.